Let's go. Welcome to the Poptimus Podcast. Today we have the Casanova Sisters. Do you want to introduce yourselves and what you play, what you do? <laughs> I was so not ready for that, but I loved it. Okay, um, I'm Raina G, and this is my real life sister, Sam. Say hi. Hi, my name is Sam. <laughs> Thanks hey. for introducing me. And what do you guys do? You Do you play guitar and sing, and you sing? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Raina plays guitar and sings, and I play. I play my voice. <laughs> you, play, you, play the, you play the voice. I always tell her. I try to remind her all the time too, because she's like, "Oh, I'm not as much of a musician or whatever." And I'm like, "Yes, your voice counts as an instrument." It does. Yeah, singers are uh, are a different breed. And I don't mean that in a bad way. They because it's like they're so focused sometimes on connecting the emotion with the the song. I feel that they don't. They don't always have the attention span or the know-how to, to follow charts or something like that. Of, of course, if it's someone who is like a guitar player and they sing, it's a little bit of a different situation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, wow. it's different for everybody. Yeah, and that's what I tell her all the time too because she is very much involved in the arrangement and the harmonics building and, and all of that stuff. Like mm. She's very much actively engaged in all of that stuff. So, I mean, there's some singers that they could be singing with a band or with a karaoke track yeah and they wouldn't notice the difference but i think the biggest difference especially with sam is just the musicianship she pays attention she interacts with the other players i mean constantly we throw each other for loops like but (laughs) she knows that i'll always have her back so she goes to the chorus early or something like that i'll follow her and if i mess up and go to the chorus early, she follows me, we stay on her toes, and I think that's one of the biggest differences, too, that I can appreciate, is, like, singers who know how to interact with other musicians. With the band. Because there's an art. It's an art. Yeah, it is. It is. It's super important. I get to participate rhythmically, too. Yes, rhythmically. Clapping. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to get her into tambourine more, but it's sounding a little hectic right now. (laughs) Just turn on a metronome and just... I know. <laughs> exactly. It's just it's practice. It's easier when I'm, like, if there's a drummer and I'm going along with a full band, it's much easier because the drummer is like your own click track in your ear. Whereas sure. when we're just at home and it's just her playing rhythm guitar and I have to just, like, use the tambourine, it's it's so hard. Not even just that, but, like, and I know it's totally necessary, but just sitting there and practicing with a click is sometimes not... It's fun because you're not sitting in the pocket of a nice groove no. or nothing. You're just, you're literally working on technique, which is very important, but yeah. it's also one of the most um, exhausting parts, I think, It, it is. Being a, being a bass player, my favorite thing to do when, I, when it comes to practicing is practicing with a metronome. I love, because <laughs> it's, it's a... It's a cerebral meditation practicing with oh, yeah. You have to be in the right mindset to do it. If you if you sit down and you have a busy mind, if you, if you just got in a, got an argument with each other or you had a bad day at work or something like that, yeah. it's going to it's going to float immediately to to the forefront. And yep. I know that's something that I struggled with with practicing for a long time. Uh, when I first moved to town, I felt I was a really a really good player and I felt like, man, I'm way better than I actually am. Of course, what it was is I moved to a place where all these players were fucking incredible and top-notch and good, mm-hmm. and they were Nashville hot, because you yeah. get Nashville hot by going out and playing every night. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Well, and I feel like a lot of people, like, outside of musicians, just your audience members, non-musician, consumers, I guess, if you will, Listeners. of music, yeah, yeah. Um, they don't realize, like, the bass, well, everything contributes to the rhythm, but, like, the bass is a rhythmic instrument. It, it marries too. the 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 rhythmic rhythm. I can't even say it. Rhythmic <laughs> aspects of music uh, music with uh, the harmony. You yes. know the melody, exactly. the, the song, the chords. Exactly, it it contributes to the harmonic quality and it also the rhythmic and it just marries it. Yeah, from, it it fills that gaps from the drums to the rest of the arrangement, which you know is an important essential, I guess. So. Mm-hmm. That's kind of crazy, but 
So you (laughs) are going to have a new EP coming out sometime soon. Not sure when exactly yet. Yeah, we're in the process of recording it. Um, Right now we're doing it with Engine 3 Recordings. It's my buddy Josh Hastick. And it's been a really cool experience, but we're putting a lot of love and time and effort into it. We're also um, doing a lot of video content with it. So we're kind of documenting the process that we're going through song by song. Um, you know, so all of our listeners can hear what it's about, but also all of the industry people, um, who might not have an idea of how things work and how they break down, like, can see the process of recording an EP, and, I don't know, maybe find some useful tips and tricks in there, too, it would be really awesome. It's Mm -hmm. also some good behind-the-scenes of what our daily life in that, in that, um, not situation, like, but yeah. yeah, but like true life. I'm a musician. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you work pre-production is what we finished recently, and not just sitting in a room for six hours, going through the same song over and over and over, and then recording it just for a scratch track. It wasn't like full production yet. And so. she makes it sound exhausting. It's not exhausting. Like it's, it's not, not like you get into that, that studio flow state. Yeah, it's yeah. a labor of love because there's yeah. a lot of elements in there. You start with like you're showing your producer the song, and then it's like they're learning it, and then you're talking about arrangement. You're talking about where everybody can sing and not sing, and then. You rehearse it a couple times and do it to a click so that it's ready for a drummer to throw a track on. So, like, all those pretty little aspects in between that people don't always get to see. We want to we show a little highlight on that, too. Well, especially because it's going to, it's kind of going from beginning song all the way through the finished product. So, pre-production, then production, and it shows each song where I'm excited to see what that's like because I think it's going to be cool to look back on for ourselves and have that as a good it's a, a memorabilia thing yeah. Yeah, for our and future. And it's our debut EP too, so we're learning what that process looks like as we go too, so it's not just our audience and our listeners that are learning with us. It's it's us. We're getting into that process. It's first our first project. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're really excited to see all of the elements that are going to go into that. There's already so much love and care going into it. And we've barely finished pre-production now, I think, at this point. Well, mm-hmm. by the time this airs, I don't know where we're going to be at in the process. We're going to be posting updates. So in case anybody wants to check that out, it's... The Casanova Sisters, if you follow us on Facebook or social media, we're going to be posting about it the whole way, so. If you Google the Casanova Sisters, it's all us on that. It's kind of No, I, it's <laughs> us for like three quarters of a page, and then there's like some Asian love story. I, I want to say it's Korean <laughs> or Japanese, but it's the only but other thing that's the, the Casanova Sisters online, so that is Facebook cool. Our Facebook page is the first thing that pops up when you search Google. That's so always you can good. find us yeah. that way. So, um, as far as Instagram goes, how can people like find you on Instagram? Do you have Twitter? Do you have any of that? We have Twitter that we neglect, but we definitely use our Instagram. Our handles at Casanova Sisters. Mm-hmm. Just um, Casanova Sisters. The is not in there. <laughs> Gotta so be specific. Fact. Well, yeah. But, I mean, they find us either way. But either way, yeah. If you wanted to tag us and stuff, it's just at Casanova Sisters. So. We'll be putting little glimpses of that because you don't have as long an Instagram. And that's account. one yeah. S. Because sometimes people put two S's in Casanova and that is incorrect. One S. Yeah. You were mentioning before we got rolling today that you grew up in a musical family and you've been playing music together your entire lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... What was the band that you were in together growing up? Because you said you were in a family band. Oh, yeah. Uh, We were in a family band. Um, It's called the Casanovas. Um, We played with our dad, our brother, our mom. Um, We're fourth-generation musicians on my dad's side, so the name actually originates with his dad and his band, which was Manny and the Casanovas. So then when we started playing as a family, it was the Casanovas, um, since obviously my, my grandpa wasn't playing with us. And then um, now we when we moved to Nashville, it was just me and her, so we couldn't really go by the Casanovas because not everybody was there. So it was just kind of like 
bam, hitting us in the face. We tried not to, but we couldn't deny it. Like that That's really name. cool. Yeah. I like Very it. cool. It's also a really cool name. Like, when yeah. I say it, I'm just like, oh, that sounds so cool. I mean, that might be a little vain, but... <laughs> no, it's a cool name. Well, and when people hear it, they're like, what? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. It's not your it's last memorable. name. It's real. It's, it comes from a real place. It's not just some fabricated fabricated identity. Yeah. It's, it's your true identity. It's it's a, your family identity. Yeah. It, yeah. Has, it has an origin. It has heritage. Yeah. Yes. When Which did is you... funny when you think about it, Casanova. I'm a player. I'm a player. <laughs> <laughs> when did you start um, start playing in the band? How old were you? Ooh, as soon as we could remember lyrics. Like as soon as we were old enough to remember lyrics, my dad had us singing. I remember we'd go up and we'd do like one song, and then we'd come down, and then um, so that was it for a while. Get your feet we each wet. had a solo. Yeah, we each had a solo, and then. Um, after that, we added, like, a song that we all did together as a family, and then, but we also, like, we grew up singing in Spanish and in English, so eventually it was a Spanish solo and an English solo, and then a family song in Spanish and one in English, and then it just kept growing from there, and then people started hiring the family and not just, like, my dad, so then it became more of a band. The more time wow. dedication that we had as children to rehearse, <coughs> we added more and more materials. But, you know, but getting three young, kids yeah. to, to sit and rehearse Spanish songs that we didn't know what we were <laughs> saying used to be like pulling teeth, I'm sure, for my parents. But Have you ever seen that movie, Selena? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know that scene like when she's... When she's talking to her dad and, and he pulls her aside from all the other kids and he's like trying to get her to learn that song and he's like, or something like that. <laughs> and then she like freaks out and she's like, Clock, don't mark the hour because I'm going nuts. Like that was our life. We were like, I don't know what this means, but whatever. And well, then he, he worked with us on pronunciation and all that stuff. The songs. dad brings home like this drum set and bass guitar and regular guitar and full band equipment and tells the kids okay you're gonna learn to play music because he had a family band so I always thought growing up that the Selena movie was like us it yeah. was like our life growing my dad up. never forced instruments on us though no. um he tried to teach us all guitar I, that never stuck with me I only started playing at 17 um but my brother played the drums growing up and then one day he picked up the guitar like out of nowhere and just started playing and I was just like whatever it's fine it just took me forever to learn that but it's okay <laughs> <laughs> Who played uh who played bass who played uh keys we usually My cousin hired Dom him. my cousin yeah. Dom played bass for us um my dad played um rhythm guitar sometimes some lead but usually we'd hire um a buddy out for lead guitar and our core band was rhythm guitar, lead guitar, bass, drums, and then we had a line of five singers, I guess, if you would. Yeah. Well, as children, we would learn routines, like dance routines. <laughs> oh, with, man, that's great. This is so cool. would dress us in these mari- mariachi, I'm like, mariachi, mariachi You've been, you've been on the East Coast too long. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> In the mariachi outfits, we would be dressed like sombrero all the way down to our boots with the little chains on the sides of the pants. We had some shiny uniforms for sure. We always had a dance routine that went along with like each song, so... I'm sure it was cute at the time, like hindsight. Well, if I saw a bunch of kids doing it, I'd be like, oh my gosh, they're so cute. I don't know. That's why people used to hand us like five dollar bills all the time afterwards. Go buy a caramel apple, honey. At the, Dude, at the festival. Your dad was trying to make that money. He was trying to keep uh, keep you guys fed. So he's, he's like, you gotta, you gotta work for it. He's a hustler, for real, though. Like, <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as we could, you know, we were. So it was just always a way of life. And so it just felt weird not to play. When we got here, I was... I was had played some um, while I was in college in Orlando. But, you know, whenever we got together again, it just seemed natural to do it together. So. Well, Raina's an incredible songwriter, so... She knew, like, I moved here ahead of her, and then she knew that she wanted to be in a music city, but hadn't really decided what music city, Austin, LA, you know, any of the here, 
but because I was moving here, she kind of was like, yeah, I guess I could try out Nashville. It is about this, that place where it's all about the song and yeah. all it that is. for writing. So Nashville she, is about the, about the song. Yeah, um, so she moved here and that's when we got everything all started and we just started singing together and was like, oh, we should probably do this together and figure out. It's like, we had a lot of good response from people. So when are you and your sister playing? Oh, well, what? I don't know. Well, I guess I can't leave her at home now. <laughs> well, the demand was uh, was created. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Couldn't find one without the other after a certain point, you know? Yeah. I think that's really cool that you guys are doing doing it the way you're doing it, and then you have this heritage of music mm -hmm. in your in your family. Yeah. It's really beautiful, and I, I like... Uh, I like that you guys were doing like songs in Spanish, songs in English, mm -hmm. yeah. family songs, the solo songs. Yeah. What kind of music did you play with the band? Um, with the family band, it was a lot of um, country and Spanish. Um, New Mexicans, we love to dance. And so we'd have like big fiestas celebrating stuff during the summer, like all the churches and stuff. They do fiesta fundraisers and stuff like that, and they'll have full band lineups. So we'd play those a lot. Um, but they just love to dance. They love their music. So we played a lot of cumbias, rancheras, um, country two-stepping, a little bit of swing, a little bit of everything. My so dad those are liked all everything. dances. Yeah, people, yeah, like partner partner dances. Yeah. Um, a lot of two-stepping, country swing, and then there's like the cumbia style of music and the like the dancing you could do without like being with a partner. Yeah. So, you so it's a lot of variety. Yeah, it's a lot of variety. My dad um, likes kind of everything, so he he played all over the map: rock, pop, um, reggae, a lot of the pop stuff. We got into as sure, we got yeah. older and we're like because when you get booked for gigs, people want to hear what's on yeah. the radio. Yeah, but not only know, that, but like we wanted to sing stuff that we like too. Yeah, it wasn't just like dated classics. That yeah, we, yeah. We, like their standards for a reason. We love them. But we we also wanted to bring... We also want to sing Nelly, too. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, and I am, like, always forever grateful about that from my family. And, like, my dad, he exposed us to a lot of music. And he used to say, we have eclectic music taste and an eclectic variety of music to play while we're out. So that way there's something for everybody's listening ear. So that's something that I always say whenever Very wise. Whenever mm -hmm. we play cover He's tunes smart out... Dude. Like, when we play cover tunes out, I always um, say that we, or if I'm trying to book something, or I'm always saying we play something for everybody's listening ear. So that may be a rock song, country song, or a blues song, soul song. There's something for everybody that they like. And maybe we can, if they request it, we can play, because we might know it, you know? Mm. So do I you guys do Metallica songs? Uh, <laughs> I, I used to. It's been forever. I was like, I was really, I used to, when I was a preteen, I used to play Nothing Else Matters, like, on repeat. I had a really bad problem. But, um, I love Metallica, but I haven't played it in forever, so I guess I'm gonna have to brush up on it. Well, I wasn't one. expecting you to, to even say that you played, played <laughs> oh, Metallica you at all. Oh, you throwing something out in left field, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, jumping. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's all over the map. It's great, though, because we get to have an appreciation for all styles, and we're not dedicated to only one style. And Reyna's like that in her writing, and her songwriting, she stays true to the song, and I put quotation marks on that, <laughs> because there might be something that she's written that's kind of poppy, or something she's written that's very country or bluegrassville even, folky, and maybe there's like a really good rock song. So it's just, she's very... All over the map. Yeah, but it's because of, I think it's because we learned all these styles and can appreciate all of them, so... We continue to appreciate all music, and it's really exciting to to have that experience in life. <laughs> Who are some of your favorite songwriters? Oh, that that gets me all day. You got me started. <laughs> you just opened up a beast. Um, okay, so I'm majorly obsessed with Diane Warren. 
Um, I also really love Billy Joel. He just kind of like he's written some crazy stuff. My mom that just like is obsessed with Billy Joel. That's the only music I probably heard my entire childhood. It's 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 crazy because it's like as I was growing up, like he seemed to always have a song for around what I was feeling. And I mean, that's why I write is because sometimes I feel like there isn't a song for how I'm feeling, mm -hmm. and so I I write that. But like there was. When I was younger, I, I always knew I wanted to make music. Even before I could write a song or play the guitar, I used to talk such a big game. I'm like, I just want to share my music with the world. I've never, like, written anything. You had that desire uh, and hunger. Yeah. And my dad, he would just start singing, Slow down, you crazy child. So ambitious for a juvenile. <laughs> so, like, Vienna. I mean, like, it was annoying at the time, but then I was like, oh, he made a great point. Like, I just wasn't ready. I, I didn't know how much work went into that. And I hadn't, again, written anything yet. It was pure. Yeah, it was, it was, it was the visceral. intention. Yeah. yeah. I knew I was going to do it. He had everything, though. Yeah. Like, he had us on for everything. But, like, when I would be super bugged at my parents and stuff like that, my dad would be like, yeah, I know how you feel when mine would bug me. Like, I'd go in my room and I'd just blast Billy Joel really loud and be like, I don't care what you say anymore, this is my <laughs> life. But um, I also like Alanis Morissette. There's some like dark stuff in there that's really cool. Um, I'm obsessed with Chris Stapleton. His writing is just... Dude, Chris Stapleton is fucking awesome. Well, and I feel like he's Nashville's like hometown boy. Like I don't know anybody that yeah. doesn't just... Have he's a real. deep respect mm -hmm. and appreciation for Chris. He, he's universally loved throughout town. Yeah, yeah. You, you will not find one person that could ever say anything bad about Chris Stapleton because they just love him. Have you? Did you see him a couple weeks ago on SNL? Mm -mm. He was on SNL to promote um, to promote his newest album. He released two albums. Probably room. Volume from the room. Yeah, from, 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 yeah, yeah. Something from like that. Room, room <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, um, but he was on there and he had Sturgill Simpson on, play with him. Oh, do, wow. Do you guys know Sturgill yeah. Simpson? Yes. Yeah, so Sturgill, uh, Sturgill played, and it's, it's funny because Sturgill is kind of this, uh, outlying rebel it's it's like mm -hmm. he's uh, always on the outskirts of town watching everybody yeah. like, the true outlaw guitar at his side <laughs> like it's a pistol <laughs> and so he's just true. patrolling he's around just, the city straight, he's ready to just no, yeah he's so ready true, to though. shoot yeah I that's crazy him, like he was playing like busking outside of bridgestone arena for like the cmas yeah because he didn't get invited so that's crazy yeah i'm also like Majorly obsessed with Ed Sheeran. We crank mm -hmm. his album all the time. Or albums. He's got yep. plenty of music. But, like, I just love how he puts everything out there. He just, like, leaves it all on the floor. I feel like, in some senses, like, he doesn't follow the traditional rules or whatever. He breaks them all the time, which is kind of great to me because I like to fancy myself a little bit of a rebel, so I resonate with that. But, like, he... This, this, the shit that comes out of his mouth, man. Like, sometimes it's just crazy. And I'm just like, holy crap. How did, did you he, say that? Like, he that? went there. <laughs> and I just appreciate that kind of honesty, too. And his songwriting? Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything in particular that you connected with first that you heard where you're like, wow, this is just the truth? Um, I think the first Ed Sheeran song that I knowingly heard because I know he's written for other artists but knowingly it was the A-Team I think and that one I mean I've just seen a lot of crazy stuff in my life and and in New Mexico there's a lot of like you know sad stories I, I want to say and like I mean there's there's drugs and there's people who need their fixes and there's like homeless and and all that stuff, and if you watch that music video and all that, you totally get where I'm coming from with this, because it's like, following this girl who's chasing her high or whatever, and it's just kind of sad. Um, so, like, it just kind of stuck with me, the storyline and the feeling and the emotion behind it, because you just, you see so many people go through life, like, they have their struggles, they have their burdens, a lot of them have their stories, and some of them are very open about sharing them, and some of them aren't and like I think 
that's something that's always really affected me is the thought of like homelessness I guess is probably like my biggest cause like I try to donate I try to do stuff um Sam always keeps like bags of like stuff in the trunk um that like things they would need like deodorant snacks um like non-perishables toilet paper things like that so like when we come across them like even if it's just a little bit it's like a helping hand kind of thing so like that one was the first one that like really got to me um but now some of his grooves are really cool and he just like spits some crazy stuff that like sometimes when people you know your relationships lead to different things and you just kind of want to tell them if you in a creative way and he <laughs> very much does that so mm -hmm. i really enjoy it it's fun fun music to listen to yeah i i mean there's it's really sad because i feel like a situation with anybody who's homeless it's really not just that one thing is that they're homeless. It's several things went wrong. Yeah, um, that they're in that situation. Probably all starting with, with mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's that's, a cycle. That's, that's where it starts at, and usually they can't hold down a job or something like that because of just because of whatever they have going on or something happens in their life and it, it gets triggered and then they're out in the streets and they're just there. Well, and it's a lonely life, like, once that happens. I mean, a lot of them build community amongst themselves to try to, like, out for each other, but it, it's a lonely life. I, I, it's so depressing to me because I see people, like, pass by them and, and not make eye contact or whatever. And sometimes it's just because they don't have any change to give them or whatever. But sometimes I just think, like, holy crap, like, they're still a human. And, mm -hmm. it, like... If you don't even look at them, like, if there was a dog sitting right there outside, you'd look at the dog, you'd be like, oh, like, how cute a puppy, but, like, you don't even give them the respect of that, and it's just like, oh, it hurts, it stings so bad That's interesting you, you say that, because, uh, I feel today, oftentimes, people, um, people put animals' lives at at higher value than other human beings' lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, someone can post online about something political, and it can cause this whole firestorm. Mm -hmm. But if you, if you show a video of someone kicking a dog in the ribs, or, like, oh, yeah. hurting a puppy or something yeah. like that, people will lose their freaking minds. You will get death threats. I mean, you get de mm -hmm. death threats for political stuff, too. But I feel like it's way more passionate and way more intense when it comes to animals. Well, well and there's like a disconnect. I feel like people, sorry. I feel like people like, they emote with animals. They think, oh, they're like a helpless creature. Mm -hmm. How would I feel if I was in their position? Meanwhile, um, Meanwhile, dot, dot, they dot. don't think yeah. that same thing about the human that's right next to them. They're like, how would it feel if I was sitting out there in the cold getting kicked? And that's actually what they're People doing. People don't want to have to think about that. Yeah, so. that's what they're actually doing to other humans. So it just trips me out because, like, it just, it breaks my heart. Like, when I can, when I can help, I do. Um, so, I mean. That. Are there any particular causes or charities that, that you like or that you're interested in, either here in Nashville or in the U U.S. in general? Like, any, any places um, that you've worked with, volunteered, anything like that, that. Yeah, I mean, I used to do a lot of stuff back home. Like, here I've done stuff more personally. Like, I haven't gone through any, like, foundations sure. or anything. But um, back home there was a lot of support for that. There was, like, Joy Junction and Roadrunner Food Bank. And, you know, they take donations and stuff like that. And they tell you what works and doesn't work. So, like, it was kind of a nice resource for homeless people, too, because... Um, I find that a lot of times people give homeless people stuff that, like, they think is going to be useful but isn't. So, like, if you give them, like, a big old jug of mouthwash, sometimes it's more energy for them to carry around the extra weight than it is, mm -hmm. like, useful for them to, like, use the mouthwash, per se. And that's sure. just for example. Like, I don't know how many people give them mouthwash, but, like... Or sometimes they give them food. Be practical. Yeah, there's, there's those people that, like, they're like, oh... I'll offer them food, and if they don't take food, they don't really want the help. And I'm like, well, some of them say they don't take the food because the food would go bad if they took this specific kind of food because they didn't need it at that exact moment because someone just fed them and they have non-perishables in their bag. What they really need is, like, 
I don't know, a bottle of water or they need the money to go get a blanket or something to yeah. like, stay warm throughout the night. And so it's like, take this food or take nothing, but it's kind of wasteful for them to take the food and they don't want to waste it. Just that like that person is trying to get rid yeah. of it and not be yeah. wasteful. They know how precious yeah. their resources. I never would have, uh, I never would have thought of it that way. Yeah, I mean, I used to, I used to think about it in college too because I, I made a joke all the time that I'd rather like, eat my calories, but then when I'd like, be partying and going out, I'm like, tonight I'm gonna drink my calories, which is, <laughs> it's just a weird joke, but, um, it makes you realize, okay, I do need a calorie allotment for the day. Do I need more or less or whatever, and then. But a lot of homeless people are very conscious about that, like what they actually need. So sometimes you can just ask them, and if they can't take the food, they'll hey, be like, I need a blanket. It's the new diet sweeping the yeah, nation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Wow. Well, there's a lot of causes here, too. Like, I used to work for an agency, a nonprofit in town that worked with homeless families. And actually, my best friend is the supervisor of the program for... The family, it's called the Family Empowerment Program. Hmm, that and sounds they, really familiar to me. Yeah, yeah they, there's it. a lot of, like, the Family Empowerment Program, they, they have a lot of grant funding from, I think, around the city and such, but they help end family homelessness. So those are those folks that, the statistic is that there's, like, 3,000 children in Davidson County that are homeless. So they're working oh, on trying man. to find these families a home and help them find some employment and, you know, transportation. They, they work as case managers to provide these services, direct services for these families. Set up some kind of infrastructure so life. There's, you know, there's, I work, I worked with them a lot and I um, answered phones for this agency. So I got to direct people that called in that needed help all the time to different things and there's a um the contributor here they make they print out these books every year that give people resources so we get a stack of them and i keep them in my car and if i don't have anything for them i give them at least that that way they can find housing food shelter it has all those things in it so there are resources here and there's 211 people can call so it's it's a it's really something. I mean, it's something that people, I don't think they, they think about all that often. But your parents, they raised you guys well. And they did a really <laughs> good job. So, shout out to them. You say that now. You just, you just wait. I'm nice to homeless people and, like, nobody else. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. But, uh, no, like, this is making me think about it again. Maybe we'll do, like, a... A show. Let's organize a show. Yeah. Let's do a thing. We'll do a thing. We'll do something. We'll do a thing. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, you know who we can call to send mm-hmm. all this stuff to you. So if you want to get involved, say, hey, guys, because we're going to do it. It's happening. I don't yeah, know when. so if you have... We're going to do it. the universe, so we're going to do something. If yeah. you have any resources and you're listening to this podcast right now, uh, hit the Casanova sisters up or hit me up and let me know what's up. Um, and we'll try and do something. If you yeah. guys need any help with anything, let me know. I'll, mm, sweet. I'll help you out. Sweet. I'm up awesome. for that. So, how much do you love Nashville on a scale of 1 to 10? To 10, that's a safe number. Um, I'd say, like, a 9.7. I'll give it a 9.7. I don't know. I love Nashville, so I would, I would probably give it at least a 9.8. <laughs> Are you guys be. competitive? <laughs> um, no, I'm just being not really silly. me. Sam is. <laughs> she likes to think she's not. But who's she who's older? Is. Sam. Okay. I think it's because I'm taller. She just was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be everything little, else because I was faster runner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we call. I call her my little big sister, and I'm her big little sister because mm-hmm. I'm like a foot taller. Not really, but probably about there. four inches for sure. That's um, funny. I love Nashville. It's everything that I thought it was gonna be when I moved here. What's because, your favorite thing about Nashville? Uh, I love. Just the music, like the aspect of people moving here to chase dreams. And everybody, though, it's like one big 
competition, everybody's super supportive. It's not like a, I'm going to kick you down so I can be doing this. It's like a, oh, you're doing that too. That's we'll awesome. Let's do it together. Like, yeah. let's, you can play on my bill and I'll, you know, it's just, it's a supportive community. Everybody's here for the same goal, but it's not like a knock you down kind of goal. I it's, just walk around here and I just, I'm, it's super inspired. Like, yeah. sometimes, and like, I could, I could sound like a total jerk for getting inspiration from other writers, but like sometimes I'll go to writers rounds and I'll hear other people's ideas and the way that they view the world. And then I think like, okay, if I were in this situation, how would I have reacted? Or when I was in this situation, what was my reaction? Was it reverse? Was it, was it, was I the person that they're singing about or was I them singing, you know? So like... I don't know, it's just constantly food for thought and, and fuel for creativity and, you know, if you need something done, there's someone that can help you with that and you can do the whole, takes a whole village to raise a child or there's so many resources to learn and go DIY about it too, so. Nashville's a really a DIY town. Music it Row really in the is. industry is here, but there is nothing but musicians and, and artists and, and free-spirited people that are here and they're just doing their own thing because you can't just expect the the freaking, you know, Warner Music to come knocking yeah. out of a miracle and say, hey, mm -hmm. and even, even if it, that is possible today, do you even want it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, that's a great point. Like, it's, it's kind of like you guys were saying in that other podcast with Mark. Um, labels don't just sign you anymore. It's not that they're not signing people it's that they're signing people that they that are lower risk for them. They already know that they're marketable. Return on investment. Yeah, they already know that they're marketable. They already know that people like them. They're proven. They're proven and they're established. So it's kind of a way of like weighing risk and reward without like without the risk of them putting their money into an artist that isn't developed yet. So, I mean, if it's just a matter of a couple more steps that you need for them, they're more inclined to sign you than if you're, like, starting from nothing. So, it's very much like that. So, you gotta be DIY because, especially, not everybody has the budget to just do everything. We're very fortunate. We have a investor funding our debut EP, which is really cool. Um, otherwise we'd have to wait a lot longer to get it done mm -hmm. and uh, it's really cool that we can do it independently because all that all the funds from merchandise and and um, music sales and everything goes back into like fueling our art and fueling our craft and making more mm -hmm. um, and so I mean that's the goal like I don't need to be rich and famous I just need to be able to make a living so that I can bills. keep doing what it is that makes me happy and you know, hopefully other people can resonate with that. Just like, you know, some songs stick out with me um, and make me feel better. Like, oh, yeah, that's the beauty, like of, the Vienna, beauty of music. Yeah. 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 It like you find something that resonates with you and you feel a little less alone in the world. And uh, it's kind of a really cool thing to be able to give other people that feeling, even if it's just one person that you're singing to in a lonely coffee shop. Like, it's just. An incredible feeling to be able to give people that. So, that's why that's why we do this. That's why we ask for compensation, though, is because I still gotta pay my rent. <laughs> yeah, and you can't imagine not doing this because I've been in the position where I've been working so much, I haven't been able to do music. I've been so worried about paying my bills, mm -hmm. and then my spirit really suffered from that. I mm -hmm. felt like shit. Didn't feel very good to not be able to play music whenever mm -hmm. I wanted or how I wanted or. It's it's nice knowing that at the end of each day I can come home and, and pick up the bass and turn on mm -hmm. the metronome and turn my phone off and just yep. do that meditation. Yeah. It just sits right there. Yeah. And all it is is sound waves coming to my ears. Mm -hmm. You tap into flow and you yeah. just feel good. It's it's your happy place. Mm -hmm. It's your happy place, and that's all. That's. But I think that's what most people want. They just want to be happy in their lives. And some some people are happy listening to other people's music. Some people are happy creating it. Some people are, like, way on the other side of that. They're not even involved in music, but they found their thing that makes them happy. If it's writing, if it's whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it could be literally anything as long as you find you're happy. I found mine, so that's why I'm working to keep it. 
Yeah, you gotta work to keep it. Yeah. Yep. So if that's you, that's. If you don't goal. use it, you lose it. Yeah. Well, Nashville's like a passion city, and not not in the way you may think, <clears throat> but like passion isn't just associated with <laughs> one particular act. Some Sam. people. Some I don't. People I don't know. Straight to that. <laughs> But, like, people are so passionate about (laughs) their music here. And, like, they move here because they're following their passion in music. And so you're not interacting with a bunch of people who play music and are burnt out, but it's what pays their bills. You're interacting with people who are passionate about music and would like to do it to pay their bills, but are still, like, they still have a fire in them. That makes them, like... Yeah, but it makes you, like... There's like I've a passion. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean I mean I used to date a guy who like was burnout and he played music for a living and he just like always used to say how much it was a burden instead of a passion. And I yeah. I love that here every person I've interacted with, it's been a passionate thing and it's refreshing for me because then I still feel the passion for it too. No one really talks shit about it. The only thing that people say is that the traffic is bad. Yeah. <laughs> which which, it, which it, it can be. It can be really shitty sometimes. But even when it's bad, it's not all that bad. Yeah. It, it might add an extra 10 minutes onto your day. 20 well, minutes onto your And day. even people that don't make music still love it here. There's like a cool yeah. culture around here. There's there like, is. There's great food for when like... Mm-hmm. Great food. Food is life. Like, food is so good. Food is it's life. It's just, like, it's the best. So, like, when you can go anywhere and get some good food. like What's your favorite restaurants food? here Ooh, in Nashville? Favorite yeah. restaurants. I really like... There's this um, Asian fusion place in Brentwood. It's called Umami. I it's, like that one a lot. It's in Lenox Village. Um, I, go, so go, I go over there and get a bowl of ramen, and they bring it out of this big old thing, and I take half of it home, and I'm all <laughs> happy eating it the next day, too. And it Uma- umami? Yeah, I like it with a Shout you. out to Umami. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the ramen. Um, we also like Prince's, too. Yeah. Hot chicken. Prince's hot chicken. Yeah, that one's really good. And Magiana's Magiana's. really obsessed. We don't have those. It's not a local place, but it's definitely. Yeah, but we don't have a. Was that Italian? Yeah, Yeah. it's it's bitching is what it is. It's so good. I don't know if I know what that is, Magiana. Oh my gosh, we're gonna go. We're gonna take. What is the best thing? What is the best thing on the menu? Well, they have like that's hard. They have like a um, buy one get one thing, and it's like fifteen bucks, and you choose. One thing to eat there, and one thing you can take home for like fifteen dollars. The mushroom the ravioli. That was really good. I got um, eggplant parm. Mm. I love eggplant parm. So good, delicious. There. It's the best eggplant parm I've ever had. <laughs> oh man, uh, I'm it's surprised that there's good, home, but... good Italian food here because in the it's the South. I grew up I grew up on the fucking East Coast, so mm-hmm. I feel like I know what like good Italian, good pizza is like any gas station. The way that you walk into a gas station here and there's fried chicken. Yeah. Up north, you walk into a gas station, it's pizza and like meatball yeah. subs. Uh, <laughs> that's convenient. Well, I yeah. know like I know Boston's like that. I mean, I know that's Massachusetts, but I'm yeah, sure that that's it's not very far from, similar. Yeah, grew up two hours from Boston. I like every when I was there and I was walking around. You see a Dunkin' Donuts on every corner, and then a oh, place yeah. to buy pizza or like some tor- some sort of sub sandwich. Uh, I'm obsessed with. Do you like pizza at Soulshine? I haven't tried the pizza. Oh, oh, come with us next Sunday. We're going to go back to the gym. But, like, I get this one. It's, like, the CCR, and it's got, like, chicken on it and, like, bacon on it. And then I put some red pepper because spicy food is life. Mm, yeah, oh, my God. It's good. just so freaking good. Have you been to uh, <clears throat> Five Points Pizza? Yes, yeah, I have. Their pizza's good. It's solid. Fantastic. My my favorite thing <laughs> on the menu there is uh is the meatball and onions. Meatball, onion, like mozzarella or, or something like that. They use they use like the the big mozzarella circles that like the mozzarella oh, yeah, slices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, oh yeah. So it's oh. good, and they'll have um on. Fridays, they'll, they'll sell it, at least they used to, they'll, they'll sell that by the slice. Wow. But yeah, that's that's my my favorite place is Five Points Pizza. I think that's the best pizza in Nashville. There's also this place called NY Pie that's pretty good. Mm. I think that's a local chain, but I'm not sure. For sure. But yeah, there's so much good uh, I try, good food here. I tried Korean first for the first time recently. Did you? 
Yeah, it's like a seal garden or whatever, oh. however you pronounce oh, yeah. that. It's That's by our house. Yeah. Seal. Seal. Antioch? Yes. Yeah. Isn't it Seoul? I'm, like, pretty, sure it's, it's just, I'm uh, pretty sure we're it's We're going to murder this. I'm sorry if I'm offending anybody. I'm a little, like, that's, I very, that's like right next to the laundromat that we go to to wash our clothes. Yeah. <laughs> the struggle's real, Sam. <laughs> yeah. The struggle is real, but at least you can go and get Korean food while you yeah. wash your clothes. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I, I had like the the beef. Uh, whatever it was. I don't know if you know what it was. It was just so freaking delicious. Mm-hmm. We've, I, we haven't tried it yet, but we definitely have it on go. our list. Go. Definitely go. Go well, as, as yeah. soon as you and can. And also, like, every taco stand, for the most part, on Nolansville Road is always really, really good. So if you're a taco fanatic, tacos mm-hmm. from the taco trucks all throughout Nolansville Road are delicious. Is there one in particular that sticks out to you as your favorite, or is it... Oh, yeah, there's this one. (laughs) It's called um, Elotes and Tacos Nayarit or something like that. And it's got... They have um, Elote, which is just like... it's. They serve it to you in a cup, and it's basically a layer of corn, mayonnaise, this, like, (laughs) cotija cheese, this, like, shredded Mexican cheese... And Valentina sauce and chili powder. And they just layer it. And then you mix it all together. It sounds disgusting, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's so delicious. delicious. It's delicious. I, so hate, that stuff. I hate mayonnaise with a passion. Oh, I do too. But it's not like... It's not like... it. Like It's more for texture than for flavor because you taste more... Even worse to me. I hate, oh, really? I hate mayonnaise. It's just the whole thing. Well, we're not inviting it's you over there. The whole thing. <laughs> I don't like mayo normally. I can eat it in the elotes, but I won't eat it on like a sandwich. I have to have mustard. Mustard's so much better. Yeah, it's, it's fucking gross. What, what about, uh, what, where's a good place to get, like, you guys are, like, a- experts for, for Nashville food. You guys know everything. Um, <laughs> we, Sam and I are weird freaks of nature where we, like, try not to eat the same thing. Like, we eat out a lot because we're always gigging and we're always, like, if we're not playing a gig, we try to go out and see our friends play. And if we're not seeing our friends play, like, we try to go to local jams and stuff like that. So, because we're always, like, working before that and everything, like, our schedule's crazy. So we end up eating out a lot. And we're always we like, to, I don't want to eat chicken. We just had chicken for lunch or for yesterday. We try not to eat so, at the same place twice. Yeah, we'll we go do, get Italian or we'll go get Asian. Like we, we genre specific. Like we try to, <laughs> we, we mix it up. So every day is something different. So yeah. we end up trying a lot of different stuff. That's cool. Are you we're looking just for a suggestion? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm always looking for any specific flavors. What is what are some of your what are some of your other favorites that you you haven't mentioned that are we, worth trying? We went to Cafe Coco yesterday and I I've got heard about their that place. cheese lasagna and it was fantastic. What was that place that I no that was in Buffy. I was gonna say what was that one place that I ordered that one thing that I couldn't stop saying mm, while I was eating it. But that was in Buffy. Yeah. Raina likes ramen. Uh-huh. I'm not a ramen fan because it just like I'm like, why am I going to pay $15 for this when I can buy a 50 cent pack at the store? But it's not the same. Yeah, but it looks the How is same, it different? And I just can't like, change it's like, it in my head that it's they're different. They're like craft noodles. They're not just like the shit you get off the shelf for 50 no, cents. I and tried then they make, them and they taste they the make same. The, no, they don't. You're crazy. You're <laughs> absolutely insane. And then like the broth is everything. The broth is what makes or breaks the ramen. So they're not just putting like a seasoning packet in there. They're like cooking meat in and and making the broth itself in this like flavorful meat and then they make the noodles and then there's like a hard boiled egg in there and then there's like little rice patties and there's cilantro and there's deliciousness in there it's just so good you just can't it doesn't compare there's real vegetables yeah i guess maybe i can get on board because i don't eat beef or pork and i usually cook everything in that so that's true i just don't want to spend $15 on something that may or may not upset my stomach. <laughs> I'd rather have like a vegetable fried rice or chicken fried rice or something. Yeah, I, I always, <clears throat> with any Asian Asian foods except for that, that Korean barbecue, since I knew that was like fresh cut, mm-hmm. I always go with chicken just because mm-hmm. I There's a really good Thai food place off of Charlotte Pike. 
I can't remember the name of the street, but it's on the same street as where that White Castle is. So if oh. this is so Charlotte Pike, right here there's like a uh, one that comes right off the highway. There's a light, and then um, there's there's like a uh, some some Thai food place that has great chicken pad thai. Mm, that chicken sounds pad thai is really good. Yeah, that sounds so good. good. It is. It, it was great. delicious. <laughs> And then, of course, there is all the great establishments over in East Nashville. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. East Nashville is its own beast. Like, you can't walk into a bad place over there. It's no. So there's, there's, there's a lot of great bars, too. Mm -hmm. We just went to... Where, where did we eat last night? What was it? Coco I, Cafe I, Coco. I just Cafe Coco. Cafe Coco. Oh, you did? <laughs> How on earth did I miss I that? I was listening. I swear. That one was good though. They make everything like to order, like when you order it. So you have so to be really like, patient. Really it wasn't go, really patient. She's so don't dramatic. Go when you're really hungry, because then you'll be hangry. No, like she's me. being dramatic. <laughs> she's so dramatic. She just went hungry, and so it felt like longer than it was. But they also do live music over there, so we always try to oh, gravitate to the places where they play live, live music. music. Yeah, it's just. Feels was there anyone soul. playing last night? Um, yes, but we didn't time it correctly, so we ate and finished eating. Before they were even set up. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, but we were, thing. we didn't stay, we would have stayed, but we didn't stay because we wanted to go to Soul Shine last night, and it oh, was yeah. their 250th jam or something like that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, so, shit. Yeah, so they were celebrating. It was. Yeah. Indeed. It was a very cold night. They had a great, I mean, the band's always great over there, though. House band, band, but like they just had a great lineup of people in there. Everybody was going to, you know, celebrate and hang out, and it was great. It was hilarious though because we were sitting there waiting for our food, and the band started loading in all their stuff, and it was just like guy after guy after guy after guy. And I told Raina at one point, I was just like, How many of these guys do you think are actually in the band? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like, yeah, that's, that's very Nashville too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 12 guys and I was like these are not the same guys and there's two guys that see. were on stage you know what's yeah. really nice <laughs> remember like setting up and then all these guys are just like loading and all this stuff I'm like hmm how many of I think it was probably band? multiple bands is what it was and they all yeah. set up their back line at the same they time they were team players you know what was super national though is last night I was standing next to this guy he's been here like a week and he was freaking out at the gym because I just look over at him and he's like starry eyed and freaking out and I'm like what's going on he was like, that's Jack Pearson. And I was like, yeah, it is. And he was like, hold on. I'm just like fangirling out for a second. That's Jack Pearson. He's like my hero. And he's just like standing in front of me in this bar playing. And I was like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Nashville. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, Welcome to Nashville. I think everybody has that reaction when they first get to town. You, yeah. you, don't, you don't realize that. They're working <laughs> professionals. Working professionals. And That's they're what almost, they're just yeah. people. I almost dropped my pretzel in front of Brad Paisley. <laughs> Where did so you funny. see Brad Paisley? I was at the mall. Were eating a, uh, I was at the mall. And he was like... On Annie's? He was... Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I was at the mall. And he just like... I don't understand why all these people were commercial. there. Like, they were all hanging out at this one store. And I was watching them at the store. Nonetheless. Yeah. But we couldn't figure out why, like, they were all there. I was like, oh, whatever. It's probably somebody. But whatever. You know? And I'm eating my pretzel. And I grab one. And I just look up. And he's walking to me. I swear. He was, like, <laughs> three feet away. And I... It's so embarrassing. Audibly just go... <gasps> And I almost dropped my pretzel, and I was like, oh my god. So she goes, he just heard that. She goes, Brad Paisley just heard me audibly go, and like, it, it was caught on film and everything. I really hope that. I have like a half a pretzel bite <laughs> in my mouth, and I'm like, what? And I look at her, and I look in front of her, and she's like, stunned. Did like, he say hello? No, he was, no, they, were, they were filming him. So he was walking like, in his like, full oh. outfit with his tar on he's his a side. He's a handsome guy. And he's like, oh, well, I want to drop my pretzel too. It, it wasn't yeah. about how handsome he was. No offense, Brad Paisley, but <laughs> it was more about um, 
Like, he, well, he just and he plays the damn thing, yeah. and he just like he's a great fucking. Guy. But what he's like, like, really like he just and he leaves it all there, and I just like I so I can't like not. I'm sorry, I'm stuttering, <laughs> but I can't just like watch him and not just like get lost. I like stare at his hands, and I'm just like shit. The funniest thing about it is that Reina has always, always, always said. Celebrities are just people. They're just ordinary people. Like, I would never react to a celebrity. Like, how people fangirl out. And then that happened. And I was like, uh-huh. You're not going to fangirl out. But she, like, it they was just They should save that video thing. to blackmail me when I'm rich and famous. And then I took a Snapchat of him because he was literally, like, ten feet away. And I was like, oh, Brad Paisley's here at the mall in Franklin. Of course it was in Franklin. Yeah. Of course it was in Classic. Franklin. Classic. It was cool. So on a closing note, do you guys have any funny stories from when you were gigging as kids growing up? Was Ooh, there too any, many? But I don't know if about that. <laughs> anything where someone was like sick or where someone was oh. playing a bad note or something like that? When we were younger, my dad was a youth minister and has always been and he was also a music minister too, so we'd end up singing in church too. And when Easter I like I was supposed to be doing this this solo song, and you know you go up to the podium. It's like a responsorial, like you like, like you sing out to the congregation, and then they sing back the same thing to you or whatever. And the Catholic um, church, so yeah, yeah, context. yeah, and uh, I was supposed to go up there and sing it, and we were trying to find a key that worked for me. <laughs> and I was like, just screw it, Dad. I'm just going to do it in the key that it's written in, and it'll be fine. I'm just frustrated, because we tried literally every key. And then um, I go up there, and I start doing it, and it was so high. And I just, like, was... I just started sweating on the podium, and I was just like, God, let this end! <laughs> it was, like, my most embarrassing... Oh, except for the time that I wore... A bed sheet like a cocoon singing metamorphosis <laughs> um, as karaoke for a talent show in the third grade or fourth grade maybe. Wow, that that's that's oh a, a high concept act for yeah. a third grade. So uh, as, I have too many. She's saying a Hillary Duff metamorphosis song. So she I love like her. wore a sheet over her whole body one of the then, fitted ones too so like it would wrap around you know so then uh-huh. when Not like the big chorus comes and it says metamorphosis she like unravels the <laughs> sheet and she's in this like cute little outfit with like butterfly wings it was on. not even that cute it was so simple but I thought it was so badass <laughs> it was the funniest thing I don't think I've had any embarrassing moments that I can really think of. <laughs> I could think of some, but I won't tell your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I really, like, I'm trying to think of something that would have been really funny She used to up. be in choir, and she had this one choir teacher that make her sing, like, the craziest song that was on, like, Hippopotamus Man or something like that. And <laughs> yeah, I was but like, that wasn't, like, me. But you were in middle school. Like, that's not even cute anymore. <laughs> Yeah. But it is what it is, I guess. He wrote his own songs that we would sing as a choir. <clears throat> he didn't stay there very long at that school. <laughs> yeah, I imagine, I imagine not. It was torture to listen to. Poor things. But in the family, it. like in the family setting, I just can't really think about, like, if there's something really funny that I ever did growing up. I'm sure my parents could... <laughs> Could argue that there was something really funny. But. Oh, there's plenty of awkward moments I have like caught on tape too. I really wish they weren't there, but it is what it is. It's, it's, <laughs> we all gotta start somewhere. Yeah. yeah, everything's everywhere. I'm sure it's not the last ones I'll ever have. No, not if you're gonna be doing it right and keep yeah. chipping away. We mess up all the time still, but like that's kind of the nice thing about having. A duo is you have the other person to pick up your back. Like, mm-hmm. Sam will start choking, and then I'll just take over. That's probably the most embarrassing that. thing that happens to me, like, from then until now. I don't know why, but I'm so dry all the time that no matter where I'm at, there's it never fails if we're playing, like, a four-hour set. Least, yeah. I we don't choke. play four-hour sets. Well, I don't, not, like, I don't mean four-hour set. Like She's four, exaggerating. Like, for... Okay, for a couple hours that we're just, it's just us singing for two hours mm-hmm. or something. 
there's always at least one song that I will completely dry out and just choke and you can't hear my voice for a while because I'm choking. It's crazy. I try everything too. I drink, I leave, I, I embarrass Raina because I'm always like, I need a chair for my water or like something mm -hmm. to put my water on so that way I have it on stage and don't have to get off my chair, uh -huh. pick it up, get back you on the chair. You should see this sheer panic though if we start doing something and she doesn't have water, it's a meltdown is about to happen. She will stop the whole concert so we can have water. We hey, you also, gotta have your priority straight. Yeah. You gotta keep everything Hydration all... Hydration is essential. Yeah. Well, you gotta we keep also, it hydrated. Like, now, we're more trained to like not look at each other as badly as we did when we were younger, but when we were younger, if someone messed up, it was like a visual... Everybody knew that you messed up because everybody was looking at you on stage, whereas now we don't do that anymore. We also try not to... Yeah, yes. we also try not to look at each other because we can't do it. We can't look at each other and not laugh. Yeah. So we can't stay straight face. So if I look at her, we're gone. This Especially if gone. I like, I like to pantomime stuff sometimes. Yes, she's <laughs> awful. She'll like me. She'll like mime out what we're saying. So like she'll be like moving her hands for walking. It's a good way to remember and, shit. Yeah, but... That is visual, visual <laughs> cues, muscle memory. It all makes sense. Well, she hey... Kills me. I appreciate uh, I appreciate you coming on today, the Casanova sisters. Check them out. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for you having us. us. Yeah.